Uh, hi, and welcome to East Coast Office Hours with Fanbyte <laughs> Podcast, where it's just me and Danielle. Uh, I'm Merrick yeah. Kay, and I'm the features and training editor of Fanbyte. A fanfight.com and I have hiccups and I'm very <laughs> sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, and uh, Danielle, obviously, is Danielle Riendo, senior editor of fanbite.com. I'm here. I'm here. I don't have hiccups, but I do have two very small yippy dogs with <gasps> me today. So we might hear from one of them or both of them, depending on what happens. So Hell yeah. yeah, we got a lot going on. Yeah, it's exciting. Anything could happen. It's true. When you're working with live animals, with live animal actors and not CG animals, it's unpredictable, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, who was it? Someone said, someone said, like, never work with animals or children because they'll always show you up. Yeah. Yep. I don't know who said it, but I have heard that multiple times. Let me, let me see who said this. Let me see. Was it like a circus man? Was no. it was it like Barnum or Bailey? No, it was W.C. Fields. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, all right. Well, now we know. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, we had a week. It's uh, yeah. it's March sixth now, which is exciting. This week has lasted we... ten years. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, at least ten years. Um, it's been a real roller coaster. Has... There has been a lot going on politically. There's been a lot going on with the coronavirus, COVID-19. There's been a lot going on with work. And we haven't had a weekend in approximately seven years. So I feel like some of my work this week was loopier even than usual. I have to mm -hmm. say that that was a thing. Do you have some happened. examples? I do. So Nikki and I, uh, we just posted this yesterday, I think, on Thursday. But we posted our Animal Crossing New Horizons preview post. Uh, like, we did a preview podcast rather than a post. And we talked about, like, our first, you know, it was a week to the day, actually, because we had our first uh, appointment with Tom Nook. Like, we went in there. We played the game. Uh -huh. It was really fun. It was really exciting. Oh my God. And <laughs> it happened. It was so exciting. It gave you hiccups, and I get it. Um, <laughs> but we recorded that podcast not like right after, but like the next day after podcasting like four shows. And so we both just had this really slightly deranged energy uh, where we started asking questions like, uh, you know, we were talking about the game being basically like a live game that's not really online. Hmm. And there's a lot of creation tools and there's a lot of like customize your island and customize your world. So we started asking questions about like what happens when God leaves his creation? Sure. And yeah. or what happens like what happened to Tortimer? Like is Tortimer going to come back from the undead? Is Tortimer coming back from the other side? Is this like a Lenny Bellardo situation? Like we really just went all in to these really these questions that this game has nothing to do with but they just brought us there so i don't know i hope that was useful to somebody i hope somebody appreciated that energy in animal crossing i bet they did now did the so. um how did the reps respond to that they haven't so far even though we did put up a little video where i uh, i took Maybe longer than I should have. I normally take like 10 minutes. Oh, okay, to wait. Just these. So you, these weren't questions that you were like asking of them there. No. Oh, these are was, like hypothetical yeah. sort of like spinning out an, Animal Crossing cosmology. Yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. This was like our reaction to playing the game caused us to ask these questions of each other and the world rather than uh, the reps themselves. So, yeah, no, Nintendo, you know, hasn't reacted outwardly. Uh, I did I did put out a video that had Tom Nook asking this question using the sort of Animal Crossing speech bubble uh, that, I, again, I spent way more than I should have uh, time <laughs> on that. But it felt necessary for this question. You know, when you ask the big question, you have to kind of get a big palette. Uh, you know, yeah, you have to, to get uh, out your your three inch brushes yeah. and uh, just really go for it. You gotta, you gotta do it up. If you're asking about God, don't just like. I do I see know. this photo Sit now there. that just says, "What happens when God leaves?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Every day, I make myself and my mom proud. You should. You should be proud. I mean, mm-hmm. so the thing about the Nintendo reps is, um, I feel like we just uh, push the limits of like good taste when we are uh <laughs> yeah uh talking to them because you you weren't actually with us for uh E3 last year which may be the right. last E3 Yeah, it might be dead now. Yeah, I guess we can just talk about that real quick but um yeah, E3 yeah. might be dead and um because uh what's what's the company 2bit or 8bit? I am 8bit. I am 8bit. Um they pulled out of the creative direction of E3. Oh boy. And uh yeah. yeah. So um in wake of that, it feels like it's we're a couple of weeks away from an announcement that it's it's canceled this year. And honestly, yeah. nothing of value was lost. Um <laughs> like I guess the uh. worst thing is like maybe people were like, you know, maybe there are gonna be some jobs lost because of that. But sure, um, I think it was a moribund, decaying institution that um, I'm glad is dying. And um, I guess I'm kind of glad that I got to go to one before they killed it, before I killed it. Is that the only one you've been to? Yeah, because I that last year was my first year working in games media. And um, sure, sure. So, yeah, I, I went to it and it was like very bad to be at <laughs> and um yeah not i mean i think i had all these childhood dreams when i was a kid of like oh man e3 like my cousin went oh my god it sounds so cool um <laughs> and maybe if i'd gotten to go then but yeah. also like the media environment was different back then like i can't really imagine being a kid today and being like oh i really want to go to e3 um and be right. around too many people and be uncomfortable and all this shit when like I could just go on YouTube and see what the new things are like I don't have to yeah. wait for a magazine or like hear it from a friend or go somewhere I can just like see it or like play a demo so uh yeah, yeah. um but yeah back to the Nintendo thing we were asking so many questions I feel like we maybe talked about this on the podcast or maybe we were talking about this at PAX last weekend, but yeah, when, when they were showing us like Pokemon Sword and Shield, we were just like, oh, wow, Nikki, your Pokemon got killed by that tidal wave. And the guy was like, uh, Pokemon, we don't say they got killed. Uh, they fainted. Um, and then we were just like, like when I was playing Link's Awakening, I was like, oh, I wonder if you could still steal from the shop. And the guy's like, well, uh, I don't know. I mean, you could try it. Then he was like, so you, you know, you only have 20 minutes, so yeah, I can show you the first dungeon if you want. And I was like, no, I just want to try and steal from the shop. 
I just oh. want to try and do all the bullshit in this game. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was, you know, being a champ about it, but he was very yeah. clearly like, this is not the intended experience, but, um, yeah, that, he I, was one of the oh demo guys. I think our actual rep was like yeah. having a lot of fun with us, which I was, sure, I was happy sure. for. Yeah. I, it's always such a wild thing. So like for this demo, we were in like a cavernous room that had like four stations, which was very funny. And it just it's just like a convention room. So it has like the bad hotel carpet and the bad like scaffolding and just like very like it just looks like a crappy hotel room or a convention room. But everybody was wearing the Tom Nook Islander shirts, like all the nice demo people and like like God bless these people mm -hmm. who are giving this same demo like on the hour, every hour for, you know, four days straight. Like, God bless these people. And, like, we had the first one, so it was, like, the energy was pretty good. You know, everybody was pretty excited to be there. We had a really, really nice demo person, and we actually had, um, like, the chief demo person. I don't know exactly how this works, but, like, the person who came from the treehouse, like, the, the person who, you know, is involved in, in some level of making or localizing this game at the treehouse uh, in, in Nintendo of America... She was walking around, like, guiding everyone, being like, okay, it's time to go to, you know, stage two here, time to go to stage three, or make sure they try this, or make sure they try multiplayer. Like, it was, it's just a very coordinated and choreographed thing when you go to Nintendo uh, preview events versus some other companies, it's just a little less of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's always, like... Very funny to me when you go off script or you try to go off script. And our our awesome uh, treehouse person just had so many dad jokes for us and like really off the cuff, like genuinely yeah, off the cuff. Yeah, you were telling me like, about those. I love her. Yeah, she was really good. Like I, we talked about it on the podcast at one point, but there was a whole thing with a rocket that Nikki kind of put in the house. And she was just like, oh, please put that back. You know, I know you're having a blast. And then it was just God. like, oh, good. And then she was like, yeah, I know it was a lot of fun, but uh, you can't leave it there. You're asking the moon. Like she just wham, 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 just had like good dad jokes. <sighs> and they were definitely they were actually off the cuff. It wasn't like a situation where like, oh, make sure you put the rocket down and then I'll give you a dumb joke. Yeah. It was like, no, she's got some pep in her step. I really, uh, really enjoyed Amazing. Uh, that. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. yeah. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. We sure do. <sighs> yeah. Was there anything you worked on this week that was, like, very exciting? Oh, um, let me see. I mean, yeah, definitely. I'm just really tired and trying to yeah. uh, look back. <laughs> back. Yeah, no, totally. Trying to go back to the past. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there are, like, a few things. Um. There's this fun piece about uh, Terry Kavanaugh's game, Dicey Dungeons, and uh, how he is trying to translate it to Irish. Oh, and nice. just the whole kind of weird state of that language right now, because it's taught in schools in Ireland, but like apparently um, in this kind of like rote way that doesn't really make it engaging or anything. It's just like memorization. And, sure. and also like the, you know, languages like that are tough, right? Because you're trying to get kids invested in something that doesn't feel like it's going to be useful to them. Sure. Um, and, you know, it was, I, I kind of felt that way a little bit in Canada when we were learning French growing up. 
And sure. I was actually in French immersion up until the third grade. So like all of my classes were in French, which really, yeah, yeah. That's the thing you can do. Um, I could have kept going wow. actually to the fifth grade, I think, or maybe even further, but, um, that's kind of wild to me that they do that. But, um, French, yeah. unless you're becoming a public servant in Canada, then French is not really tremendously useful outside of Montreal. I would say that like yeah. my sense of it is that very few people speak fluent French. Um, so unless you are moving to France or becoming a politician, you don't really need it. And so I think there is this sense among people that like, why are we learning this? Like, just because of like, like the French partially like colonized Canada, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I think there's some of that, obviously different history and different contexts, but, um, sure, sure. and then, well, it is an official language there, right? French. Like there are two aren't there yes. at least that was my understanding yes french okay. yeah that's why politicians also have to learn it um gotcha. and sometimes you get politicians speaking french who like just really can't very well and it's kind of funny mm-hmm. um yeah but um that's a whole other fucking story but sure uh, so yeah oliver luddy was the author of this piece that i worked on um and nice. uh yeah, so he just sort of talked about his experiences growing up and like with with the language, and now sort of being in that place that I think a lot of people find themselves in as adults, um, where they wish they had learned a skill or a language or or an instrument or something, yes, and now find yes. it really hard because your brain isn't as plastic. Um, and so he talked to yeah. uh, to Terry Cavanaugh about translating the game into Irish, and then like having like a button that you could just press to like immediately switch from like Irish or whatever language to like your default one, Um, Mm. which is a feature that I think like more games should have because like games like Pokemon ship with like tons of different languages. And imagine if you could just like press L or R on the controller at any time to just like change it to Spanish or German or something. And obviously that isn't like, you're not going to like learn an entire language that way, but you could pick up vocab and stuff. And like, yeah, like instead of having to like go into the options or like set it when you start a game, that ability I think would be like really cool. And so, uh, yeah, Terry was talking about how he's doing that and like the, the difficulties that he's had finding a good translator because it is, um, not a language that has like a lot of, of speakers who are like on that level. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know that was really interesting and and fun to work on, and made me think a lot about that stuff. Of like, yeah, I'd love I'd love more games to have that. Like, I just want to, yeah, like know what uh, you know, Pokemon is in German. Honestly, yeah, I I would do things like that just out of curiosity. Um, because I continually like every time I go on my ambulance, I kick myself for not learning Spanish, mm. like fully kick myself i'm like oh my god like why did i not do this thing that so many people did uh because they knew it would be useful and i didn't do it and uh even if it was like just small little bits and pieces it's something it's something helpful you know yeah i actually played a language learning game at pax (laughs) really um oh yeah you were talking about this yeah I'll just shout it out, I guess. But I played a game called Kana Quest, which is a actually very cool little puzzle game uh, with uh, the way it works is it kind of looks like something like threes, like there are tiles uh, set out on a board, but it's, it's you know, mechanically does not uh, 
it's not <laughs> number based. Mm-hmm. It's based on kana and the romanized version of that kana. So uh, you have like the Japanese character. You click on it to flip it, and it'll give you like ni or ki or ka, like whatever romanized version of that is. And you need to match that tile with other tiles that either have you know the first or the second letter of the romanized version uh-huh. of it. So eventually, by by the process of sort of matching everything and getting everything all straight across the board, you're going to just p- hear these sounds so often and be. Excited exposed to the way they're written in the Japanese character that like you're, you're just going to kind of learn it by playing a fun game and that was sort of the idea behind it that hey this is a fun game that also just happens to expose you to a lot of uh, basic language learning skills uh, which is a cool idea actually it's something I'm very much on board with yeah that's neat yeah um, yeah what about you what if what what did you work on this week I mean I know you did the podcast um, yeah any, is that sort of the, like the big thing? You, I mean, you did a bunch of podcasts. I know. I feel, I didn't even count, but I feel like I've been on like at least 12 or 13 in the last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's I have been so talking. many. I've been talking so much. Um, but a lot of times that's fun for me and I enjoy it. So that's not like a, a complaint. I um I'm really, really excited with two podcasts that I did this week, and they both had to do with labor issues, huh. to be honest, like in very different contexts. So I interviewed Sarah Elmala right. uh, yeah, at yeah, yeah. PAX. Yeah, and she's just absolutely wonderful. And it's very funny because both of us have sort of followed each other's careers through the years. Like I had interviewed her like, God, almost 10 years ago, like eight or nine years ago. Uh, and kind of ever since been like, oh, wow, you're you're doing amazing. So she is a voice actor and director and a huge advocate for like fair labor practices for voice actors and making connections between voice actors and actually smaller game devs and um, sort of highlighting areas of a, a new contract where uh, union actors can work for like fair prices, fair negotiated rates uh, through like this small game uh, provision in the contract, which is really, really cool. And so she talked me through a lot of that stuff. And uh, she is a, a pretty famous uh, video game voice actor. She's been in the Gears of War series. She's Lizzie in Gears of War 5. She's the woman freelancer in Anthem. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's in Pyre. She was the twins in Pyre, Pamatha and Tamatha. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, she's just been in so many games. Uh, just really, really, uh, really awesome person. Super smart. And, yeah, we talked so much about labor, uh, which... I get excited about in unionization and what's fair for workers. And we also talked about that on Fan Fight today, believe it or not, uh, the MMA and pro wrestling podcast. We had like a whole segment at the end on like fighters should be allowed to be in unions. They should, you know, uh, be allowed to have health care forever, fighters and pro wrestlers. And it was like very much like a uniting the threads kind of thing again. So a lot of that this week uh, through, again, very different worlds but i was happy that those kind of came together in that way cool yeah that's awesome talking about labor (laughs) yeah you gotta yeah (sighs) i saw that gretchen wrote a cool piece about parasite this week too yeah there was that too and um she actually wrote a review for us when it came out but this is sort of like a more reflective piece that's more about the film's content than the like technical aspects of it. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do I love to just read Gretchen writing about a movie because yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone else who really writes like her. Like her prose is just like, 
really incisive it's incisive and also like i don't know there's something visceral to it i'm trying to find a word to describe it like not crunchy more like um it gets to the guts it's it's guts it's yeah yeah, it's guts it's like blood it's bones and i think partly that is because of the subject matter that she often writes about which is horror sure uh but yeah, it's just like always a pleasure to work with her on on stuff like this because yeah, this piece was about the ways that parasite illuminates how class structures uh force working class people to fight each other for scraps essentially and yeah. how there is this belief that like if you just like fight hard enough you you can take your place among the rich. Uh but that isn't how it works like at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like really, really, uh, interesting piece. I think really timely, um, just thinking about, you know, uh, intra-class conflict in the U S right now is sort of a big thing, um, as people try to navigate their like class interests and sometimes don't always identify them, uh, (laughs) in the best way. But uh, yeah, no, that piece is great. And if you haven't read it yet, listener, then you definitely should because it's like 1,200 words of just good old-fashioned film criticism. Hell yeah. I do love that. We love to see that. <laughs> we do love to see it. Yeah. Love to see it every day. God, what did I, have I seen any movies this week? I saw, I saw Eagle versus Shark <laughs> the other day. Oh, wow. I had never seen it before. I've actually never seen it myself. It was Taika Waititi's first film. Yeah. And uh, it's very much of its time. It uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, is absolutely, like, this is a little reductive, but it's like New Zealand Napoleon Dynamite. Sure. But sure. But the characters yeah. are less sympathetic and um it's just very odd. Like no one seems like a real <laughs> person in that movie. Uh but yeah. I enjoyed a lot about it. Jermaine Clement plays this perfect, like just totally spaced out, hulking, <laughs> like nerd. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Who's yeah. obsessed with getting revenge on his high school bully? Good. Uh, and yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun. You know, not not uh, probably wouldn't watch it again anytime soon. But it was like, oh, that movie always confused me though because like when it came out at the time, one of my favorite bands was Bear versus Shark, and I was like, oh no, does this have anything <laughs> to do with us? And like, no, it doesn't at all. It's just yeah. two animals. Um, yeah, sometimes things can be named animal versus animal, and that's just what it is. Well, there was also another band at the time called Minus the Bear, and I was like, wait, is this like, oh, did, did Bear versus Shark, like, split up, and then they didn't have the bear, and then so they're called Minus the Bear? No, that's just... Because then they should have just been the shark, right? Uh, yeah, right? I guess probably shark is was taken. Um, yeah. So... Although there was a, they, some of their members were previously in a band called Sharks Keep Moving. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a whole <laughs> fucking thing. 
Yeah. You know, it, that was the 2000s. We were just, the 2000s, we were all obsessed with, with animals, um, with indie rock. And uh, I don't know. It was a weird time. You had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was there, but I didn't. This is a weird thing about me. I feel like. Most people, like, their musical tastes peak when they are, you know, like, what, like, 22 to 28 or something? Sure. Like, kind of in the middle section of your 20s. But I feel like for me, I, I feel like it was even earlier than that. And then I just became old immediately. Yeah. Like, I had my moment where I cared about music and I cared deeply about, like, new releases and albums and everything like that when I was, like, 20. And then after that, I was just like, no, I am I am 45 now. And this is just yeah. what I will listen to. <laughs> I mean. And I'm like, that's even early. Like, why? Why? Why was I this old at 21? Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, I think it ha- it's different for everyone. That moment where your brain yeah. kind of like crystallizes. And uh, yeah. I, I get it. Because like I hit that point a couple of like, or I realized I had hit that point. A few years ago, but I'd hit it yeah. sooner than that. And I was just like, wait, I'm just listening to a lot of like unicorns and fucking like yeah. strokes and like public enemy and just all of this stuff that I was listening to in college. And uh-huh. uh, I, huh, <laughs> I guess it happened because I hear music yeah. on the radio now and I'm just like, this is all, this is all sounds the same to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and then like, like I actually deleted my Spotify account because I was like, I'm just using this to listen to like the same three albums over and over. And I would rather, I guess, use that time to listen to audiobooks. And so now when I want to listen to music, I just go to YouTube and search like Italo disco or something and just like put on a playlist made by some like 45 year old man who's just like really yep. into a band from like the, the, early 1980s and i'm like this is great i I get it now i get the people who use youtube for music even though you have to listen to ads i i don't care i like it yeah i i am that person too i i do that now and it it really i feel like i've been doing that for a few years and i'm just like yeah i don't know how this happened how did this happen um I truly don't know. And like, yeah, the eras that I go for are often way before I was like a full person. Oh, like totally, I listened yeah. to a lot of like new wave where I was probably three and I definitely was not actually listening to it in 1987. Yeah. I was around, but I was clearly not as a three year old, like a cool new wave three year old or like late, late 90s, like garbage and fiona apple and like god just the most 90s ass like post grunge so like we're not talking like mid 90s but like late 90s like the very like the last dregs of grunge kind of happening and and filtering through and fucking massive attack and oh my god yeah I don't know how and like at that at that time I was like 14 like I was not like 21 and cool I was still like a dorky like ninth grader so i don't know how this happened i don't know how i i missed whatever era i was actually growing up in but it that's how it went that's real that's real yeah Yeah, i don't know um (sighs) yeah music and pop culture it's funny yeah i've also just never been i don't know 
I've never been cool. So I never felt the pressure to. Oh, I wonder yeah. if this is a thing. No, me neither. Were you cool? Because I suspect you were cool. Uh, I was cool for like a brief, for like a hot minute in high school. Okay. Um, okay. And then I wasn't cool in college. But oh, in college, okay. I feel like at least where I went to college, you didn't like that didn't really exist in the same way Be- okay. because okay. it was like a huge like my psych one one class was as big as my entire high school. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah it, it's the biggest class, like college class in Canada. Um, and uh, yeah, in college, I feel like I mean, coolness did exist in a way. Um, sure, sure. But I don't feel like it, it was I feel like at that point it was a lot more like self you know, as you sort of yeah. move into the world, I feel like it becomes much more of like a quality that you of being okay with yourself. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, and yeah. so I certainly didn't have that, but in high school it is much more like social currency, I feel like. And, yeah. um, yeah. I had that briefly when I was in a band. You were in a band. Yeah. Do you not know this about me? I am learning so much about you today. We're, I did not know this. We're just sharing and learning and it's, um, <laughs> It's true. It's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I was in a band and yeah. I was the singer of the band and um, I played bass guitar as well. Okay. Okay. Um, Perfect. And yeah, like, you know, we had like a bunch of different lineups. We had like some of my friends. We occasionally had like keyboards. Um, nice. I think the core was just like a guitar, bass and drums. And okay. Yeah. It was a bad band. Like, of course it was <laughs> because it was a high school band. It was like objectively yeah. bad um, <laughs> because I was writing the lyrics too. And I was just like really into fucking like existentialism and like the beats. And <laughs> oh, so you can imagine how bad those were. Um, oh, my God. And no, this is great. Uh, I was going to ask you, like, was there a genre you right, tended yeah. towards well, or was it kind of the problem? Um, with our band, it was like a mixture of things like musically, I was really into, I would say like LA punk, like, um, bad religion and sort of that scene. Uh, our guitarist was like classically trained and so was into fucking like Prague and like Zeppelin and Eric Clapton and all this shit. And then our drummer was a jazz drummer <laughs> who despised all contemporary music, um, except uh, modern jazz, I guess. And so sure. that's the kind of combination where like, it could be like really lit or it could just be like whack as hell. And it was yeah. of course whack as hell. Um, it sucked <laughs> to hear. And that said, we did do a few, sh- like we played like a, a few shows, like in our high school for like different events. But then we also did like mm-hmm. get booked for a few things, um, wow. which was cool, like local venues yeah. and stuff and like made a little bit of money. And, um, you know, people came out to see us a few times and I feel like at that time in my life, I, for like the, f- yeah, for like maybe like six months in my senior year, I was cool. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome, actually. That sounds kind of cool. It was. It was, it, was, yeah. it was fun. It was definitely like a moment in my life. And like, I kind of miss making music, even though I was like sure. never really good at it. But there's something very satisfying about it. Yeah. 
I can only imagine. I, I played guitar for a long time. Really? I was never in a band. Yeah. I don't I, think um, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this is uh, the most fucking Danielle story, so sorry. Uh, but I went through a breakup of oh, my college girlfriend. Oh, my God. Okay, go on. Yep. And she was very into guitar. Uh, she was sort of not exactly in a band. It was more like she was like the guitarist and had a singer and it was like kind of like a, a thing she did. And they got booked at some venues. And again, not like major big thing, but, you know, a, a thing she did. Mm-hmm. And to get over her, I decided I would teach myself guitar. So I, I bought a guitar <laughs> And I taught myself a bunch of songs and then we got back together for like two and a half years after we broke up the first two times. I mean, this is like, again, we were like 20. We were like 19 or 20 when this happened. So sort of typical thing. Uh, But yeah, like for for years and years, I just I I would bring it with me if I traveled. So I'd have to go on the airplane with like a fragile sticker on my gig bag and like bring my little acoustic guitar everywhere and run around and like practice at night when I was in a hotel room and could just be an insufferable 20 year old nightmare basically this is incredible this is like <laughs> I'm just picturing um like Saint Just yeah. from an anime that I've never seen but I've heard a lot about called Dear Brother sure. um, okay let me find a yes I, I might need to see this because like this is just like <laughs> I feel like really good and i had very long hair at this okay. time too. okay then this I, is I looked like this a is gonna be perfect hippie. then this is gonna be fucking yeah. perfect this is okay, you good. this is you um <laughs> back then and um let me just drop this in discord yeah so excited to and see this. unknown that doesn't what the file didn't save correctly um, oh no Okay, wait. I had like biceps and long hair and wispy. I looked like a seven-year-old. This is like my whole vibe. Wow. At that time. Yeah, it was a lot. Okay. It was a lot. Uh, why is why am I so bad at a computer? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm so excited. Oh my god. This is fucking okay. you. Okay, this is me, just like brunette. Like That's brunette. Unreal. And this is actually me because I had that guitar. I had that like tech of mine, like the most fucking Oh my god. Oh and this Jesus. character is just like walks around like this in Yeah. In this show, just like wearing a suit and just like playing the guitar and being like sad and like all the girls are just like, Oh my god, you're so cool. <sighs> yeah. That that was what I was going for. I don't know that I got that result. That's incredible, though. <laughs> but that was a hundred percent what I was going for in the year two thousand four. Like, let's let's be real. It was this. It was this. This was me. We're putting this in the show notes. Don't worry, yeah. so that people can see. You can read along. It might just be the podcast art this week. To be honest, yeah, me. Wow. I didn't know we both had huh. some musical background. Yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a musician. I never wrote anything. I just learned songs, like, for fun and enjoyed it. Like, 
And I can't really play guitar anymore because of my fucked hand. Like my left hand is fucked now. So oh, right, because sadly of... not something I can really do much of anymore. But yeah. I do miss it. I do actually just miss it as like a tactile sensation. Um, like I just pressing, you know, in on the strings and strumming along. <laughs> it's like a oddly meditative kind of thing to do. But yeah. For sure. Yep. I actually, it's funny, I have, like, an entire set of, like, DJ Hero and Rock Band, like, the professional <laughs> instruments that I never opened. But I have huh. them, and I, like, travel everywhere with them that I, I'm like, no, one day I will play these, and I will learn more songs and more chords, like, from 10 years ago. This is another thing. Yeah, I never, well, I got briefly into that stuff, like, when I was in grad school, because my roommate sure. was really into it. Um, it's so fun to play with other people. Oh yeah, it no, really no, no, no. It, it's yeah. yeah, it was great. <sighs> yeah, I am probably gonna play that DJ game too, Fuser. What is that Sounds all kind about? Of fun. That looks fun. I didn't actually play it at PAX, but it, that was everybody else's like favorite thing at mm -hmm. the show. Um, kind of using like separating parts of songs and remixing them. And apparently it does give you like huh. a, the sensation of mixing things in real time more so than other oh, interesting. games of its ill. I mean, yeah, because yeah, most like DJ games were new. just like Guitar Hero with buttons. And yeah. like, like that's what yeah. um, Beat Mania was. Sure. Yeah. Which is like fine and fun, but this apparently gives you the sensation because the you are actually sort of live mixing to a degree and getting points for getting things like on the beat, which is yeah, nice, that's so. cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks fun. It looks, uh, God, it looks like the glam rock sections of Brutal Legend come to life, but with DJs. So that's a, <laughs> sick. It's a fun look. <laughs> that's a fun look. Uh, I did want to bring up two quick things before we start to think about wrapping up. Yeah, go for uh, it. And that was that there were two bits of horror game news today that were kind of exciting to me. Go on. One is uh, that the nemesis in Resident Evil 3 and the remake for that is going to be able to go into safe rooms, which is... That was apparently just debunked by Capcom. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, you know what? Never mind. I have one piece of horror game. <laughs> Sorry, I know that would have been sick, but like, <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just, uh, you know what? Uh, we can make some incisive. Cuts I only know this because be Stephen is working on a piece right now about it. Oh and was like shit! Halfway through the piece, and then saw that Capcom said, like, actually, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Well, all right. Nemesis is not going into safe rooms. Don't worry, kids. You're safe in your safe rooms mm -hmm. and nothing bad will happen to you. There is one other piece of horror game news that I was excited about, which is there's going to be a new Amnesia game. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Did you play those? I didn't. I was too scared. Okay. Oh, right, right. I, yes, I remember. You are new-ish new to horror. Yeah, I am. That is true. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm kind of excited about it. I saw the trailer and it looks like it starts on a crashed plane maybe which is already the scariest thing that exists Ooh, yeah uh, in the entire world it's just like a teaser all we know is it's autumn uh but yeah hey i love horror i like good horror games there are a lot of bad ones i like some of those too but any horror game with like real atmosphere and real tension i'm i'm into it and i want to play it so yeah that's something 
something I look forward to, I think, for Halloween times. Hell yeah. (sighs) Do we want to close up and go to our last order of business for the day? Yeah, what's that? Um... Well, this would be a question and answer segment, but we don't have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we had that. I didn't realize that was a thing. I put it in the show notes and we've just never gotten any questions. So I guess we should say, uh, you know, if you have questions for us, if you have suggestions, again, also for the name of this podcast or anything else, really. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at uh, podcasts at fanbyte.com. Yeah, please do. Get- You'll get to us and we'll answer your questions, at least if we if we see fit to. It is possible if you ask us a question that we don't want to answer. And we reserve the right in that case, but you know. Oh yeah, no, that's always possible. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do have those, go ahead and email us. Yeah. And that'll be fun. Do you have any fun plans for the weekend? Uh I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm very tired, (laughs) so I might just, like, rest and do some reading, and, um, yeah, you? Yeah, sounds really good. Um, probably a lot of sleeping and a lot of training. I'm going to a bunch of, like, different gyms this weekend. Nice. Uh, (laughs) Hell yeah. Which is always fun. Um, Yeah, I'll probably be at my gym quite a bit and then also at other gyms and meeting other people and sparring with other people. And I'm starting to get ready for my next competition, which is in about two months. So it's like my little miniature training camp is starting. Exciting. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I think that's our last order of business. Merit, do you want to take us out? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, this has been another one of these and um, <laughs> yeah uh, you can find me on Twitter at Merit K you can find Danielle on Twitter at Danielle R.I and yeah. you can follow Fanbyte on Twitter at Fanbyte Media uh, check out all our other podcasts too we have Fanwith which is our flagship one and yeah. we have oh my god right now so many podcasts you guys so many we've got you'll have to see it which is a movie and tv show podcast we've got fan fight which is danielle and lb hunk tears doing a cultural exchange between mma and pro wrestling (laughs) uh we're wrapping up papal bull that's uh that's either finished or is about to finish depending on when this goes up sure and uh we might have some new stuff uh coming soon so keep an eye on that. Um, and uh, yeah, head to fanbyte.com for uh, features, news, all that good stuff. We got guides too. You want to know how to play video games? We'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, need to, you need to know how to beat the wizard on level seven? We got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that bastard has been, you know, keep, he's been a, such a gatekeeper for so long. Like I know. I know. I need that. I need that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's uh, that's it. So um, until next week, uh, yeah. we still don't have a sign off. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess like office hours are closed. Yeah, office maybe. hours are over. Until next week. <laughs> Bye. Until next time. Bye.